Welcome to the Vineyard Cincinnati podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast. Happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. Yes, what a great weekend to reflect on our country's independence and freedom. I love our country. I uh, remember growing up in military bases around the world, so I had this deep love and respect baked into, uh, just baked into me uh, for this nation um, early on. And every year with the hot dogs and the fireworks and that Lee Greenwood song, proud to be an American. You know, it was, it was tradition, right? Tradition. I love this country. For those of y'all who may not know the history of our country's independence, in 1776, we were at war with Great Britain. We had beef with them because they were treating us all the way wrong. And so we said, you know what, enough. We want our independence, and Great Britain wasn't having it. So say hello to the Revolutionary War. Um, We basically were in the middle of this war, and a group of bold continental congressmen, we were colonies back then, They met up, and they agreed to declare their independence anyway. And so they drafted this bold and and brash document called the Declaration of Independence, and it was officially adopted July 4th, 1776, and America was born. What's crazy, though, is that the war for their freedom lasted seven years after the signing of that document, the Declaration of Independence. Seven years. Seven years of of bloodshed, of cost, of sacrifice, before they were able to enjoy the first fruits of freedom. Church, may I propose to you that freedom isn't always free, And throughout the years, there have been men and women that have bled and died, not only to secure our independence, but to keep us free. And ultimately, we can't talk about freedom without talking about the man, the king of kings, the ruler of this universe, Jesus Christ. Think of the cost, the highest cost that was paid. Think about the the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice that was laid. Think about what it cost the father to send his one and only son to die for you and me so that we, we can be free. Church, our spiritual freedom was not free. There was a cost. But the good news is freedom, the freedom that's guaranteed, this freedom is guaranteed spiritually for you and me the day we believe. And with that good news comes another backward principle that I want to introduce you to. Greater independence only comes with greater dependence to God. Greater independence only comes with greater dependence to God. If we truly truly want to understand this, this freedom that we have in Christ, we must learn how to be dependent on him. And one of the attributes of God that I want to unpack for us today to help us grow more and more dependent on him is to understand something that's rarely talked about in the church. 
Something we really want to discuss because it's really not a feel-good preach. It's really not a feel-good message. But we must understand it. And it's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. I know. This can be a very weighty topic, loaded topic. It's been mishandled in the past. And, and I get it. But we've got to understand the fear of the Lord. And I believe it's critical, really, to unlocking the more when it comes to understanding, the more when it comes to favor, the more when it comes to the freedom in our lives as sons and daughters. And to walk more in freedom means that we must understand the the fear of the Lord. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a second to step into a time of worship, doing something different. Let's prepare our hearts to receive what Holy Spirit wants us to receive with this message because there may be pain wrapped up in this topic. There may be trauma. There may be shame. There may be confusion wrapped up in the fear of the Lord, and I get it. So what we want to do is we want to allow Holy Spirit to just settle our hearts and ease our minds. And I want you to ask Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me? through this topic this morning. And I'll be back up after we worship to teach how we're all as a church unleashed to more fear of the Lord. Let's worship. Let's stand together this morning. Let's sing this. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Come, let us bow down before Him. His banner is love over us. His mercies are new every morning.
You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship Cause it's all about you It's all about you It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Cause it's all about, I know it's all about, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. Cause it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. So I'm coming back to the heart of worship, cause it's all about you. It's all about, I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it, cause it's all about you. time so I'm coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made it because it's all about you it's all about you In our culture today, there are a lot of phrases that you hear like faith over fear and perfect love cast out fear and fear not. And those are all good phrases, biblical phrases, whether implicitly or explicitly. But did you know that there was or is, is a fear that every child of God is encouraged to embrace? 
All too often, we talk about putting off fear, repelling fear. And yes, we need to put off the worldly fear, the fear that cripples us, the fear that depresses us, the fear that can paralyze us, the fear that pushes you down, you know, prevents you from stepping out. This fear is from the enemy. Satan is the author of all that fear, which we are to push away. But the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is different. The fear of the Lord, simply put, is a profound reverence and respect for God. A holy awe of God. This is the fear that we want to embrace because this fear is what refines and inspires our faith to be unleashed for more. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts 5. We're in the middle of a series entitled Unleash Acts of Holy Spirit where we're going through the book of Acts and we're learning how Holy Spirit is unleashing the church for more. In Acts 1 and 2, we looked at how Holy Spirit unleashes us for more life and more hope. In Acts 3, we looked at how Holy Spirit unleashes us for more purpose. And in Acts 4, more boldness. And then we get to Acts 5 where the fear of the Lord is on display in the most unusual in a peculiar way. For context's sake, let's read a little bit of Acts 4 to see what's going on. In Acts 4, 34 and 35, here's what we read. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. So crazy unity and generosity is taking place. You know, and uh, what I love about this place here is that you, you guys are a generous people. You get this. I love how you guys have been championing this generosity thing. Let's keep it moving there. But this is nuts, right? People are voluntarily selling property and giving it to, to the church. And then we're introduced to this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, at the beginning of 5, Acts 5. And they want to get in on this, and here's what we read. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. To be clear, they sold a piece of property, not their whole property. They still had real estate. They sold a piece of property. It's important to know. With his wife's full knowledge... He kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. It's it's important to know that they did not need to do that, but they purposefully worked to deceive the church. Okay? There's a piece there that could be missing. There's a purposeful deception there. Okay? Here Here we go. Verse 3, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? You could have done anything you want with the money. This is a voluntary thing. What made you do such a thing? You have lied just to, you've not lied just to human beings, but to God. And someone's watching Netflix as I preach right now, it's okay. (laughs) 
When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. This is weighty. I'm not going to pretend to know or understand the why something like this happened post-resurrection, something like this happened post-cross. And, and to be real, I have questions about this passage. I do. I mean, where's the grace? Lying the Holy Spirit? I mean, dang, there's some people, Lord, that appear to get off for far worse than this. Like, this doesn't run congruent with the loving and grace-giving God that I know. How do I reconcile the two, God? And I, I have questions, and I'm sure you do too. This has puzzled researchers and even biblical scholars. They don't know. Oh, this, is, this is a problem for some people. But rather than getting lost in questions that we will not have the answers to on this side of heaven, let's lean into what we do know. So what do we know? One, Ananias was tricked by Satan to lie to Holy Spirit. This is important to understand. Ananias and Sapphira were doing community in a new covenant church, right? Unity and generosity, all time high, but it was the lie that seemed to threaten the fabric of unity and fellowship community. Because as soon as the lie was introduced, someone lost their life. What? Unity and community are apparently a big deal to God. And what's crazy is to, to think that it's possible for a follower of, of Jesus to be tempted by Satan in such a way that we can deceive ourselves, work to deceive one another, and even try to attempt to deceive God. Don't we see the enemy like this at work today? He's not called the great deceiver and the father of lies for nothing. That's his M.O., right? I mean, he's been tricking people from the beginning. And I believe that the enemy is still working overtime to try to trick Christians today into deceiving others and ultimately trying to deceive God. But there's good news. I don't want to leave it there. There's good news. The enemy's been defeated. Death cannot hold him down and death cannot hold us down. And all the children of God have the power, have the power and the ability to resist any temptation and any lie the enemy sends our way. James 4, 7, for example, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's a promise in that that we can take to the bank, but it's only when we submit to God. We can resist the enemy's schemes. But the point I want to make is this. Ananias was tricked into lying to Holy Spirit. And two, when he lied to Holy Spirit, he did fall down dead. And as a result of him falling down dead, the fear of God, the profound reverence and, and, and respect, a holy awe, the, the fear of God seized the people of God. This is important because the people were overcome with the fear of the Lord in such a way that they were reminded that God is not the one to, be, to, to, to play games with. We are not to trifle with the holy God. I mean, sure, God is good all the time, and all the time he is 
good, and that is very true. But on the other hand, he is a holy God who's just and righteous. You know, God, you know, is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's a lover. And some people say that Jesus is my homeboy. I get it. But he's also a God who's an all-consuming fire, who's holy, holy, holy. You know, God is a, a gentle God. He can be a humble servant. He's the lamb, but he's also a lion who's not to be messed with. I remember the first person who taught me how to both love and fear them here on earth, and it was my beloved mama. Now, I love my mom. We had a close, we still have a close relationship to this day. But one day, I got the, uh, the nerve, the gall, the, the unction to get frustrated with my mom in such a way that I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. And that didn't turn out too well. One day, I had the nerve and the gall to lie to my mama. And that didn't turn out too well. In fact, but I'll keep it churchy. She did not spoil, she did not spare the rod, put it that way, and spoil the child. So I learned real quick in life this tension of loving and fearing someone out of relationship. Not to say that that relationship was perfect, but it was the closest picture of how I relate to God here on earth. And I feel like Holy Spirit wants to invite us, is unleashing us to understand this, this tension of loving and understanding the fear of the Lord. Church, the fear of the Lord is good. The fear of the Lord is good. It's something I believe Holy Spirit is unleashing us all into, into understanding, into operating in. And I can already hear some people in your mind saying, no, like your Luke Skywalker just found out Darth Vader was your father or something. But no, listen, the fear of the Lord is, is, is actually good. Let me prove that point. In Proverbs 1, 7, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Knowledge. Proverbs 9, 10, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you want to grow in, you want to go in. It's basically, we've got to understand the fear of the Lord to even get in the realm of knowledge, godly knowledge and godly wisdom. Psalm 147, it reads, the Lord favors those who fear him. Favor follows those who show a profound reverence, respect, holy awe of God. Favor follows them. And in Proverbs 19, 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. The fear of the Lord brings life and protection and favor and knowledge and wisdom. Y'all, church, we need the fear of the Lord. And I get it. It can sound counterintuitive. But I believe Holy Spirit is unleashing us to learn more of this fear of the Lord, to, to grow more in the fear of the Lord. Why? Because I believe that the fear of the Lord 
is what helps to refine and inspire our faith so that we can lean in for more knowledge, lean in for more understanding, lean in for more favor, lean in to know him more. When we fear the Lord, we, are, we have access to everything we need for life and godliness, but only those things only come to those who understand this fear of the Lord thing. And the story goes on in Acts 5, like Acts 5, 7, about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said. That, that is the price. Wow. There's the lie again. There's the disruption to the fabric of unity and, and, and fellowship in the community that proves deadly. It was a problem for the early church then, and I believe it's a problem for the church today. When Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in, finding her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church. Here we, here we go again. Seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Again, I, I have questions. I'm looking at this passage. You know, it seems such an exception to the standard, to the rule of God, you being a loving, kind, kind merciful God. I, I get it. It can, it can run counter to that idea in my mind. But, but again, here's what we know. We see Sapphira lie and conspire to test the spirit of the Lord. They conspire to test the spirit of the the Lord. This is an, this important point that Peter raises. He says, hey, you're not lying to man. You're lying to God. You're not lying to me. You're lying to the Spirit of the Lord, Holy Spirit. Y'all, the, the Spirit was so present in their midst that when people of God, when the people of God mistreated other people of God, they not only mistreated other people, but the Spirit. Makes us think twice on how we treat others today, doesn't it? You know, when we are talking to, we must assume, we must believe the Spirit is in our midst in such a way today that the way we treat others, we're not only treating, we're not only doing, we're not only speaking to them, we're also doing, speaking, treating the Holy Spirit. Everything that we are saying and doing to people Fear of God will provoke us, prompt us to recognize the, the fact that we're not only treating people wrong, we may be treating Holy Spirit wrong. May the fear of the Lord prompt us to treat others right. May the fear of the Lord prompt us to embrace the spirit of unity and community. I mean, I mean, man, may the spirit of the Lord prompt us to remind us, like, man, before I get on Facebook, before I get on Twitter, whatever I say, is this building unity in the church? 
Do I understand the fear of the Lord in such a way, in this way where I am embracing community and doing what he loves rather than trying to sow discord in what he hates? Second thing we know is that when she fell dead, the fear of God, this profound reverence and this, this holy awe of God seized the people of God once again. And I believe this fear of God seized the church. And when it seized the church, it not only purified their faith, but it refined their faith. And not only refined and purified their faith, but it, it prompted them to, to lean in to recognize that, whoa, wait a minute, we are, we are worshiping a holy God. And as a result of this fear, I believe that wisdom followed. I believe that favor followed. I believe that more life followed. I believe that people were realized, hey, they, they woke up to this understanding that, wait, how I treat you matters. How I treat the body of Christ matters. Church, I believe that for this reason today, we need the fear of the Lord. You know, not to feel scared of God, not to feel condemned. Oh, he's going to get me. Oh, no. You know, no, no. I believe that the fear of God empowers us to do what only God can do in and through us today. I believe the fear of God is what provokes us to forgive. I believe the fear of God provokes us to even believe or repent. I believe that the fear of the Lord provokes us to watch how we treat others, to watch what we watch on Netflix, to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. Don't we need the fear of the Lord today, church? I believe the fear of the Lord helps us to live and love like Jesus to a cold and callous Lord, cold and callous world. I believe we need the fear of the Lord, and I believe that that's what Holy Spirit is unleashing his bride into today, more of the fear of the Lord. So it's not a bad thing. It's not a thing that will debilitate us, paralyze us, cripple us. It's a thing that's going to help us lean further and further to look and love like Jesus. I'm getting hype right now, but my goodness, this is getting me. This is getting me. This is this fear of the Lord thing we need to embrace. It will have us recognizing, Lord, what am I doing? How am I representing you? Not out of, not out of fear. Not out of, I'm, I'm scared, but out of, whoa, there's a reverence there's a holy all. God, you are lion and lamb. You are a humble servant, but you are an all-consuming fire. Lord, help me to, to, to lean into that. So here's my action step for you, church. Let's go on a fear of the Lord journey. Let's do it. I dare you. Double dog dare you to open up Proverbs and get it in with the Lord. And look, every time you see the fear of the Lord, circle it, pray about it, meditate on it, journal it. Lord, give me more revelation, give me more truth, give me more understanding. I want that. Every time, because in the book of Proverbs, you see it chock full with the fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord. Go in there, and then if you, if you want a shortcut method, text fear right now. Get out your phones, text fear to 513-612-9910. 
Six, I know it's a long number. I know, I know, I'm sorry. But text FEAR to that number. And you will get a link that will give you a landing page. And that landing page will have all the Proverbs scripts laid out for you right there. One fell swoop. So you can like just meditate on it. Journal. Boom. Hey, Lord, I want, I want to grow in this fear. Let's go on the fear of the Lord journey together and understand this thing. Understand what it is and understand what it's not because it could be misapplied. It's been misapplied in the past and we can, we can correct that. We can redeem that. But it's a revelation, y'all. And in, in, that, in that fear of the Lord journey, I believe you can ask questions. Questions like, Lord, where do I need to show more reverence to you in my life? Where do I need more of a holy awe of you in my life? Is there something that I need to start or stop doing to give you greater honor, reverence, respect in my life? Because church, I believe the fear of the Lord refines us and inspires us, refines and inspires our faith to do more, to do the things that we could not do on our, our own. Which is why Holy Spirit is unleashing us, I believe, we believe, Holy Spirit is unleashing us to more fear, fear the Lord, to look and become more like Jesus to this world. Holy Spirit, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Just, I, I just sense this, this weight right now, Lord, and I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you for your fear, the fear of the Lord that's coming in right now in this place. Sobering us up, waking us up out of our slumber, out of the going day to day and just going through the motions, Lord God. May you wake us up, Lord, with your presence and bring your fear, fear of the Lord. Be it palpable, Lord God, for us to understand, to comprehend, and grow in such a way that we are pressing in the deeper revelation of this truth. For your glory. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name. And church said amen. 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 Here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship again. But this time, I want to invite you to posture your hearts in reverence. For some of us, this is new. For, other, for others, you know what I'm talking about. You can kneel where you are. You can bow. Whatever expression, holy, 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 Lord. You, I, I, I want to express to you a holy awe. It could be coming up. I invite you to come out of your seats, to come up here and kneel. Out of, again, a posture of I want to lean into this holy moment of reverence to the Lord. I want to lean into this moment where I'm worshiping the holy, awesome God of this world. I want to give you props and praise. And if that's not you, you're not there. Don't just stay in your seat or, or stay where you are. That's, it could be just putting your hands up. For some, putting your hands out, whatever that looks. I'm just saying... There's invitation for us all to lean into that. So let's all stand and let's worship together.
slide up for those of you who have anything on this slide that speaks to you, resonates with you. You say, well, wait a minute, there's something there with that, then there may be an invitation for you to come up and get prayer. But <clears throat> So check the slide out. And I also want to give space for those of you, I felt like, I feel like there are some people here tonight, today, this morning, right now, in this room who you want to repent. You want to repent for whatever thing that's going on. Maybe not taking the fear of the Lord seriously enough. Maybe not taking God in your life seriously. You may want to repent. You may want to say, I want to profess Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, over my life. If that is you, we want to invite you to come up during this next song. Don't sleep. Don't leave here this morning without making right with God if, if you know you're not right with God. So that's you. Come up. Then also, if, if, if you want prayer for anything else on this slide or anything whatsoever, come on up. We're going to go ahead and just extend ministry. We're going to worship. I'll be back to pray us out. But we're just going to allow Holy Spirit to do what he does. So let's engage in worship.
just want to sit here at your feet, caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. I'm not here for blessings, because Jesus, you
see we need more prayer teams there's going to be a prayer training coming up on 17th yeah I believe Saturday yeah Saturday 16th I'm sorry check it out if you want to be a part of this team there's going to be a training coming up we'd love to have you um, baptisms are coming up as well too we'll be celebrating baptisms sooner than we know but on July 17th that Sunday we'll be doing baptism classes go, go check it out go register for those if you're ready to make that life declaration people on the balcony uh, you guys can also receive prayer too there are prayer teams up there positioned ready to go for you please go get prayer I want to close us pray us out and if you want ministry, more ministry, more prayer, come on up. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for uh, today. We thank you for this morning, what you're doing, Lord God. We, we bless your name. Yes. We bless your name. We pray, Father, that there be a realization, uh, a revelation of the fear of the Lord that only you can bring to our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name name. We want to burn for you, but we also want to lean in because we believe Holy Spirit is unleashing us to lean in to more fear of the Lord, that we be earthly incredible. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Come up and get prayer if you want prayer. Otherwise, see you when I see you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast.